Thanks for joining us at the Off Talk podcast series, where we discuss Parkinson's disease, managing off periods, and use of on-demand therapies. Each podcast episode is a one-on-one discussion with a leading Parkinson's specialist. These podcasts also include important safety information. Today's podcast, Teaching Patients Proper Administration of an On-Demand Therapy, is intended for U.S. healthcare professionals and is brought to you by Accorda Therapeutics. I'm Laurie Vandevener, Medical Science Liaison for Accorda Therapeutics, and I'm joined by Dr. Julie Schwartzbard, Board Certified Neurologist in Aventura, Florida. Thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Happy to be here. The on-demand therapy being discussed today is Embresia. Embresia, levodopa inhalation powder, is indicated for intermittent treatment of off-episodes in patients with Parkinson's disease treated with carbidopa levodopa. The effect of Embresia on non-motor symptoms has not been evaluated. Embresia is an inhaled prescription levodopa medication that contains 42 milligrams of levodopa in each capsule. Embresia is contraindicated in patients who are taking or who have recently taken, within two weeks, non-selective monoamine oxidase MAO inhibitors, for example, phenylzine and tranylcypramine, due to risk of hypertension. Discontinue use of non-selective MAO inhibitors at least two weeks prior to initiating embresia. Please stay tuned for additional important safety information later in the podcast. Dr. Schwartz-Bard, as you know from clinical experience, it's important for patients to administer embresia properly so that they get the fullest benefit from the drug. Can you please describe and let us know a little bit about your process for teaching patients in the office how to use embresia? Sure. Uh, First off, I gained a lot of experience teaching patients how to use embresia when I was a principal investigator in the pivotal phase three trial. And during that trial, I learned how to use the inhaler myself and, of course, how to educate my patients who were participating in the trial. And I learned that teaching patients how to use the inhaler is really only half of the equation. We'll get to the second half and equally important educational aspect in a, in a few minutes. I like using the demonstration inhaler when the patient is in the office. I found it extremely instructive and helpful. You know, over time, my nurse practitioner has taken over the role of educating my patients. And it's funny because when she went out on maternity last year, I found myself back in the position of educating my patients. And I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, what if I don't remember how to use the inhaler? But of course, demonstrating the inhaler technique to patients came back to me just like riding a bike. Would you say you more commonly use the demo inhaler or the samples in clinic? Uh, Sure. Of course, when I'm demonstrating the inhaler on myself, I'm using the demo inhaler, the placebo. Uh, When it comes to patients, we we really do it on a case-by-case basis. It can be really helpful to use the actual sample so that the patients can get the experience of what it feels like to inhale the actual drug. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the individual, whether we use the demo inhaler or the samples. Gotcha. Tell us a little more about how you instruct the patients on using the device. First things first, I remind patients not to put the capsules in the chamber until they're ready for use. It's important that they stay in their packaging until they're ready to be inserted into the chamber. Then I show them how to put the capsule in the chamber one at a time. And since the dosage is two capsules, it's it's nice for instructive purposes for me to put the capsule in for the first uh, the, the first inhalation and then allow them to put the second capsule in for the second inhalation. We really emphasize the importance of drawing in a breath slowly and gently. 
enough to hear or feel the capsule whirl. That whirl sound we teach them is the sound they want to hear that lets them know that they're inhaling properly. We find that if patients take these big huffs and puffs, uh, they're not going to get the medication in as well as they could. And that sometimes can also promote, can, uh, promote coughing. We, we give different tips to patients because we know that when they cough, it really can reduce the amount of medicine a patient receives. So we'll have patients take a sip of water after the inhalation if necessary, and that usually does the trick. So after we demonstrate how to insert and inhale the first capsule and we have the patient insert the second capsule themselves, they get that feeling, that sort of uh, comfort that they're doing it properly because we're observing them and we're making sure that they're doing everything correctly. It's also a good time at that point of the demonstration to remind patients that a full dosage equals two capsules. Thank you for that insight. Please listen to this selected important safety information. Patients treated with levodopa, the active ingredient in Embresia, have reported falling asleep during activities of daily living, including operation of motor vehicles, which sometimes resulted in accidents. Many patients reported somnolence, but some reported no warning signs or sleep attack. This may occur more than a year after initiating treatment. Reassess patients for drowsiness or sleepiness, including occurrence during specific activities. Advise patients of potential for drowsiness and ask about factors that may increase this risk, for example, sedating medications or sleep disorders. Consider discontinuing embresia in patients who report significant daytime sleepiness or falling asleep during activities that require active participation. If continuing embresia, advise patients not to drive and to avoid activities that may result in harm. There is insufficient information that dose reduction will eliminate episodes of falling asleep during activities of daily living. Please stay tuned for additional important safety information later in the podcast. Dr. Schwartzbard, could you now please describe for us some of the common challenges you experience when you teach uh, patients inhaler technique? Sure. Sometimes patients will voice concern that they won't be able to manipulate the inhaler when they're starting to go off. I tell them the good news is that over 95% of patients in clinical trials, in fact, 99.8%, 628 out of 629 of people with Parkinson's who participated in two clinical trials we're able to use Embresia in an off period after instruction. When patients are using an inhaler, I try to reassure them that they should stand or sit up straight. They should look straight ahead while breathing in, hold the inhaler at level. We again remind them to breathe in slowly and gently, just enough to hear or feel the capsule whirl. Sometimes when patients inhale too quickly, that's when we get coughing and the coughing can inhibit the patient's ability to get the amount of medicine in that they, that they need. Uh, I like to use the powdered donut analogy. You know, when you get that powder from the powdered donut in the back of your throat, it can feel dry and it can cause a cough. Similar situation here because the medication is a dry powder. Sometimes patients need to take more than one breath per capsule. If that's easier, we try to encourage them to resist the urge to cough. Uh, we'll ask them to hold their breath for a few seconds. Once again, taking a sip of water or liquid can be really helpful. But at the end of the day, if they have to cough, we tell them just start again and breathe in again with the same capsule. Gotcha. That makes sense. Are patients able to master this technique on their first try? 
Uh, often not. Often it, it requires practice, just like everything in life. And many patients need to try the inhaler a few times before they feel perfectly comfortable using it. Uh, in my experience, it's really unusual for patients to have any significant difficulty, even or cough, uh, once they get the hang of it. I encourage them to try using the inhaler multiple times in order to improve their technique. And the more patients improve their technique and minimize coughing, the more likely they are to receive the full dose and really get the benefit of Embresia. That's great. When you encourage them to try it multiple times, um, instead of getting discouraged if it doesn't work perfectly the first time, do you find that patients are willing to give it a few tries? Yes, of course. In my experience, patients are really very motivated when it comes to trying new ways to control their PD symptoms. Sometimes we'll give a patient a refresher course when they come into the office for a follow-up appointment. We encourage them to use the inhaler in our presence so that we can help with tips and make sure that they're using the inhaler properly. And I found that these in-office tutorials can give patients more confidence so that when they use the inhaler on their own, they'll do so properly. And here is some more important safety information for Embresia. Neuroleptic malignant syndrome-like symptoms, for example, elevated temperature, muscular rigidity, altered consciousness, and autonomic instability have been reported with rapid dose reduction, withdrawal of, or changes in dopaminergic therapy. Hallucinations with or without confusion, insomnia, and excessive dreaming may occur and may respond to reducing levodopa therapy. Abnormal thinking and behavior may present with paranoid ideation, delusions, hallucinations, confusion, psychotic-like behavior, disorientation, aggressive behavior, agitation, and delirium. Embresia should ordinarily not be used in patients with major psychotic disorder due to risk of exacerbating psychosis. Dopamine antagonists used to treat psychosis may exacerbate symptoms of Parkinson's disease and may decrease embresia efficacy. Patients on medications that increase central dopaminergic tone, such as embresia, can experience intense urges to gamble or spend money, increased sexual urges, binge eating, and or other intense urges, and inability to control them. In some cases, these are just stopped with dose reduction or medication discontinuation. Since some patients may not recognize these behaviors as abnormal, ask patients or their caregivers about development of new or increased urges and consider stopping embresia if this occurs. Embresia may cause or exacerbate dyskinesias. If troublesome dyskinesias occur, consider stopping embresia or adjusting other Parkinson's medications. Embresia is not recommended in patients with asthma, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or other chronic underlying lung disease because of the risk of bronchospasm. Please stay tuned for additional important safety information later in the podcast. Now that we've discussed some of the mechanical aspects of embresia administration, can you tell us some of the other counseling points that you try to make when you're teaching patients how to use embresia? Sure. Remember the second aspect of embresia patient education I referred to a few minutes ago? This piece of it involves teaching patients when to use the inhaler. Our Parkinson's patients are used to having a fairly rigid medication regimen. We neurologists are always reminding them when to take their dopaminergic regimen, exactly how and when we've instructed. So it's a fairly unfamiliar concept when I introduce PRN or as needed dosage to patients. I explain to them that they can use Embresia once per off period up to five times a day and that they should try to use the inhaler when they're first starting to go off. I help them realize that they can make their own determination whether they should take a dosage. Because Parkinson's disease can be disruptive, 
Patients appreciate having treatment options available to use whenever their symptoms return. I find that explaining the as-needed concept of embresia offers patients unique perspective on one way they can address off symptoms throughout the day because on-demand therapies are more widely available than they have been in the past. That's really good to hear. Have you found Accorda's resources useful when you've needed additional information or assistance? For sure. Uh, Accorda has really uh, prioritized education for patients, and that's why there's so many different ways that patients can learn more about embresia. There's a website, and there's an 800 number, and there's even this cool little video that we can give to the patients, and they can take that home with them, and they can review that video whenever they want to make sure that they are using the inhaler properly. Thanks for sharing that, and I hope that all this detailed information will help other clinicians who are teaching patients how to use embresia. And here's the remaining important safety information for embresia. Monitor patients with glaucoma for increased intraocular pressure. Abnormalities in laboratory tests may include elevations of liver function tests, for example, alkaline phosphatase, AST, ALT, lactic dehydrogenase, and bilirubin, as well as blood urea nitrogen, hemolytic anemia, and positive direct antibody tests. Increased levels of catecholamines and their metabolites in plasma and urine may result in false positive results suggesting pheochromocytoma. The most common adverse reactions that occurred at an incidence of at least 5% and greater than placebo were cough 15% versus 2%, upper respiratory tract infection 6% versus 3%, nausea 5% versus 3%, and sputum discolored 5% versus 0%. Use of selective MAOB inhibitors with embresia may be associated with orthostatic hypotension. Monitor patients taking these drugs concurrently. Isoniazid and dopamine D2 receptor antagonists, for example, phenothiazines, butyrophenones, risperidone, metoclopramide, may reduce levodopa efficacy. Monitor for worsening symptoms. Iron salts or multivitamins with iron salts may reduce levodopa bioavailability. Embresia should be used during pregnancy or nursing only if potential benefit justifies potential risk. There are no adequate data on embresia in pregnant women or breastfed infants. Animal data shows carbidopa levodopa is developmentally toxic, including teratogenicity. Levodopa may affect milk production, interfering with lactation. Levodopa has been detected in human milk. Safety and effectiveness in pediatric patients have not been established. 56 geriatric patients experienced more of the following adverse reactions than 58 patients younger than 65. Cough, 25% versus 5%. Upper respiratory tract infection, 11% versus 2%. Nausea, 7% versus 3%. Vomiting, 4% versus 2%. Pain in extremities, 4% versus 0%. And discolored nasal discharge, 4% versus 0%. If patients have questions or would like to speak with a nurse educator for additional training tips via phone or video, please refer them to the following number or our Helpful Hints website, 1-888-887-3447, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, or embresia.com slash helpful hints. Thank you for your time today, Dr. Schwartzbard. It's always a pleasure talking to you. We appreciate hearing your insights on embresia inhaler technique and the importance of using it correctly. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Please refer to the full prescribing information available at embresiafullpi.com. 
There are additional resources at embresia-hcp.com. Accorda Therapeutics, the stylized Accorda Therapeutics logo, and Embresia are all trademarks of Accorda Therapeutics Incorporated. Copyright 2021 Accorda Therapeutics Incorporated. All rights reserved.